All right. Hello, everybody, and hello, our fellow MESPA principals. It's me, Brett Domstrand, principal of Lake Marion Elementary in Lakeville, Minnesota. And uh, we're glad that you're here joining the MESPA principal cast. And today, I'm going to just jump right in because I'm very excited about our guest. We have lawyer, lobbyist, and just great all-around guy, Roger Aronson, joining us today. Roger, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you very much, Brett. I'm really happy to be here. Yeah. It's, it's exciting. And, and to think about having somebody who uh, has such an impact on all of our leaders in this state, because not only do you work with MESPA, you're also, I mean, you work with MASSP. In fact, you might have a longer relationship with them than us, but we won't hold it against you. Um, but uh, but it's, uh, it, it's your, your journey here, whether you want to talk about St. John's or where you are working at the Capitol now, can you just tell us a little bit about what inspired you to become an attorney? I always wanted to be a lawyer. Um, I wanted to be a lawyer when I was in, in high school. I had, um, I have an uncle that was, um, um, uh, just my hero as a kid. I didn't have any brothers and, uh, um, uh, my uncle Terry was, was just, uh, of mythic proportions. And, uh, Terry went to St. John's and Terry, um, uh, was going to be a lawyer. So it, Boy, that that was that, and um, um, it, it it just I, I, it's it's hard for me at this stage to um, imagine that I could have done anything else um, and enjoyed it anywhere near as much as I have. But that's yeah, it's it just really really done. something, and um, you know, and and um, the world was a lot bigger in those days. That was a long time ago. Um, and I remember my, uh, we, we were living in Moorhead at the time. I actually was born in Hibbing and, um, um, the, um, and, and, uh, very large portion of my family is up there in Hibbing and, and on the range. And, um, but we had moved to Moorhead, uh, and, uh, um, my older sister, Colleen was, um, working at Moorhead state. She actually was the director of housing there and, and, uh, you know, she always said she was jealous that I got to go away to college, you know, down to St. John's. I mean, that in that day, that was going away. Um, uh, a few years ago, my daughter was picking a college. We live in Minneapolis, and she narrowed it to three. One was in Tufts in Boston, uh, Rice in Texas, and Claremont McKenna in California. So going away is a little different uh, these days than yeah. Um, and so, um, but it, it, it just is one of those things. And, and, um, when I got to St. John's, which was an interesting time. And one of the things I, I always like to tell is, um, um, and I went to college a long, long, long time ago. Um, St. John's two thirds of the faculty were members of the monastery. That's nowhere even near that anymore. Uh, but they had decided that, um, for freshman English, um, we would all read the same author. And, um, um, so this, this was, um, I mean, I was a freshman in college in 1972. Um, and so they decided that we would all read James Baldwin for the whole year. And, 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 you know, we were, um, uh, what do you want to say? Middle-class white kids from central Minnesota. And, and, um, I still remember, uh, um, you know, uh, brother Louis Blechner, who taught that class and struggling to, um, through the, the James Baldwin stuff, but just, you know, what a fabulous, uh, education and, and, um, having that experience, uh, you know, and I, and you mentioned, I mentioned St. John's a lot, but, um, it was, uh, 
Um, you know, if you were going to go, if you're going to be a lawyer in those days, everybody majored in government. And um, I was majoring in government, but I didn't like the, the classes very much. And um, uh, I visited with someone and said, you know, going to law school doesn't matter what you major in. And um, um, so that was the end of my government major. And I majored in humanities and, you know, I took advanced Shakespeare and world literature and Russian history and um, uh, art history and, you know, just a lot of different stuff. And, and um, uh, it just was a neat time. It was just really, really fun. So I, I've always, always just loved it. It's just been, uh, been the right job for me. And, and um, uh, yeah, so there you go. Well, and it got, and it got you into law school. Now, does St. John's offer law or did you have to come into the cities to do that? Or what, where'd you end up? I know St. John's doesn't have a law school. Um, at the time, um, uh, there were two, uh, there were three law schools in Minnesota and the University of Minnesota, uh, William Mitchell, which was the night program. And then there was a place called the Midwest College of Law that actually had moved over to Hamlin. And, and so um, Hamlin was, was a rather fledgling law school at that time. But those were the, those were the three programs. And I went to the University of Minnesota, yeah. which was, a, you know, I mean, it was a, a good law school to get into. And uh, um, I think always has been uh, one of the top 20 law schools in the, in the country. I, I kind of had a dream of going out east. Um, uh, I was thinking of going to Boston College and then the dean at St. Louis um, uh, University Law School um, liked Johnny's and heavily recruited Johnny's. So they came up, the dean came up, Dean Childress and Dick the dean, and he came and visited with us. But um, a family friend who was a lawyer said, if you're going to live in Minnesota, and you can go to the University of Minnesota Law School. That's where you need to go. So that's where I went. Yeah, yeah. It was. It's a miserable law school. Is a miserable experience. I thought. You know, <laughs> you got to do if you want to be a lawyer. And it's always I, I. I like to say that to people. You know, what do you want to do? I want to go to law school. You don't really want to go to law school. If you want to be a lawyer, you're going to have to go to law school. But um, yeah, if you go to law school, you're going to be a little disappointed. Everybody else is that's there too. You know, but need people, need people, and the people that I went to law school with you know, Barry Anderson that I sat next to, he's on the Minnesota Supreme Court and uh, Randy Peterson, who was in my class, he just retired from the, from the Court of Appeals. And, um, you know, they're just, you just know people um, uh, that um, if you're in Minnesota and I've spent my entire life here, I've never lived outside of the state for a day. So, yeah. You know, it's interesting that you talk about how your uncle inspired you, and then here you are, and now your daughter is also a lawyer. Yeah, yeah, Betsy. Uh, um, Betsy is a clerk for um, Justice Tatel at the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, which is uh, um, very high end. Um, it's the number two, pretty much, appellate court behind the Supreme Court uh, in the country, and and you know, <laughs> she is going to go to law school. I didn't think it was all that good an idea. Um, just that the employment was kind of tough and, but it's what she wanted to do well. Um, and Bessie's a, um, you know, Luann and I have three kids together and, and, um, we, we do, um, just really joy. They're just really joyous for, for us. Bess is an interesting kid. You know, she went to Tufts in Boston and then she was in, um, Teach for America for three years. She taught, uh, seventh grade reading down on the, uh, Mexican, uh, United States border, um, uh, in Rio Grande Valley schools. And then she worked in New York city public schools for a couple of years. And, uh, and then, um, she applied to law school and she went to NYU, which is one of the top five law schools in the country. And she graduated, uh, um, in the top of her class and was a law review editor. And, 
all that sort of stuff. I mean, she's, she is uh, um, uh, quite the, quite the young lawyer. So um, really fun. We have uh, uh, Luann's son, Eric, who lives in St. Michael and has a little, little girl now, Peyton, was born in July. And um, she is um, uh, the apple of, of uh, our eye. And then um, the oldest, Joe, um, he's in Pennsylvania. And um, they have a, a little girl, he and, and his wife, who's also a lawyer, Aaron and um, uh, they have a little girl that we haven't seen yet. And so now it's uh, April 16th and Isla was born on February 26th, you know, and um, uh, we were going to go right after she was born. And, and unfortunately, Luann wasn't feeling really well. So we delayed it and then the COVID stuff took over. And so we have been doing what everybody else has been doing is watching a lot of Zoom with the kids. And, mm -hmm. uh, um, but it's, it's really fun having the, the two little girls. Yeah. Well, and you know, it's, it's funny how you, you, you kind of downplay the, the law and, and, how, and, and, it's a, and how it's, it must be attractive to you because you, you got into it. You've also propagated it because to have a family that also is in law, uh, it shows, I mean, Roger, you, may, you are really good at helping others see the law as something that's not the enemy and it's something that's pretty fascinating. And, and so you've obviously created some love with your daughter in that too. So, so there's something to be said. Well, I have deep clients too. I mean, that makes a, that makes a big difference in terms of the practice. I mean, I have really clever, smart, interesting, positive, and, you know, and you've heard me say this before, Brett, I mean, would you want to ride, you know, in a car to San Francisco with a, with a group of, of school people, or would you want to ride with a group of CPAs. I think you'd have more fun with the school people. You know? <laughs> right. There's definitely some stories to be told. That, that, that's for sure. Yeah. So you've always been attracted to staying, staying in Minnesota. And, you know, um, for, those of, uh, for those of our members who have attended any of your legal seminars, you, <laughs> you always bring up your wife, Luann. Um, yeah. And, and she has been an administrator. Uh, and, and so... She's retired her, as a school principal. Yep. The school principal. And so she, she has always helped probably give you a perspective of the day-to-day so, so you can kind of operate in that. Talk about how your relationship as a husband and wife, as, as an attorney, as, as an administrator, and then as your role in education, how, how does that all work together? And, and what, how has it changed your perspective with how you uh, handle a lot of situations? Well, it changes it tremendously. Um, I, I, I think it's important, you know, um, um, first of all, Luanne is just, you know, just she's the best she's mine uh I, I love her dearly and uh um, i've said this a lot of times it's just a gift to love your spouse i mean just absolute gift um but she um you know she's secondary um she, luann was born um and raised in buffalo her parents owned the uh drugstore in buffalo her dad was the town pharmacist and she's one of six kids and um, her mother um, lived to be 95 in the same house that Luann was, was raised in. She's the fifth of, of six kids. Um, but um, uh, Luann knows, you know, people um, really, really well. She, her, um, her, her father graduated from St. John's. Uh, her mother went to St. Ben's. Uh, all five of her siblings went to, graduated from St. John's and St. Ben's. Both of her brothers are retired surgeons and in Wisconsin, they were all American football players for, for Gilardi. Um, Luann was a music major, uh, and actually her first teaching job was um, uh, junior high music in Buffalo. And then her 
uh, life journey took her uh, a little bit around and then she was in California for a while and then she came back here and, and um, she was in counseling and then um, um, on to high school administration. But um, when I prepare witnesses for interviews, you know, the district wants to talk to somebody, how you handled this kid. So tell us about that. And, and I always say to people, you give them four instructions and you know, one is listen to the question, which seems stupid, but it's important you know, challenge the assumptions and, and uh, don't speculate or guess. And the last thing I always say is never forget that you're a school principal. Um, I've practiced in this area for 40 years, but you know more about why you do things and how, what is the right way to do them than I do. And, and I have a deep respect for the profession. I know a lot of things about it, but there's a lot of things to know. And so Luann is always a fabulous source um, on that. You know, um, um, John, you know, is a, is a great resource on that. And, and your colleagues, you know, that I, the people that we're talking to today is, is you know, um, I always like to ask, you know, why do you do it that way? And uh, um, I think a lot of, and I say this, and you've heard me say this, people really don't appreciate how good they are at being a school principal. I mean, um, a very fun fact that, that always interests me. Um, uh, my wife was a scheduler at the, at the high school and putting together schedules, big deal at the high school level. And, uh, you know, and there's, you don't let it out early. You don't want people trying to switch their classes, blah, blah, blah. At the elementary level, our elementary principals assign kids into the fourth grade teacher, the third grade teacher, you know, and, and um, um, what I learned a long time ago was, um, you know, when the parents call and say, did I get the good teacher? And a good elementary principal will say, absolutely, you got the best teacher. And, and it just amazes me that we assign 400,000 kids into classrooms at the elementary level in Minnesota every year. And legislatively i've only ever had one squawk and it was about twins <laughs> and the, this principal i can't remember the principal was but i remember the twins and and you know the mom wanted them together then she wanted them split then she wanted them together and the principal said that's it we're out of the pool and uh and the mom actually happened to be a legislative staffer and so this bill was put in to say you know, the parents get to decide whether the twins are separated or whether they're together, you know, and, and they were the two most adorable looking little red haired girls, you know, and, and it was, uh, um, okay, Roger, you want to get up and tell us why you're such an asshole and won't let these kids be where they, <laughs> you know, but it is, it, 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 it has always amazed me, you know, in terms of asking Luann about, you know, why does this happen this way? And, and, and it is kind of, oh, oh, oh. I mean, I, re I remember years ago, it was kind of a fun story, but um, guy was a principal, secondary principal in a tiny little district. And there was a question about whether the students in the ALC were counted in the graduating class. And if you counted them, then there were 42 kids. If you didn't count them, there were 38 and I just couldn't imagine why that was a problem. And she said, uh, does he have a kid or a favorite daughter? And I said, uh, 
well, yeah, his daughter's actually a senior. And uh, Luann said, well, if she's 20th <laughs> and you count the uh, ALC kids, she's graduating in the upper half of her class. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, and it just kind of, okay. You know, you wouldn't know that unless you had somebody who, who could tell you. And, and um, it, it's fun. It's, it's just, it's interesting. Yeah, it, it is. It, you know, now you're making me think, Roger, because we've, um, in the past, in your work at the Capitol is you see all these bills get introduced and, and you say, look at how many how many senators and, and and how many legislators we have here, and if everybody's got their bill or their that they want to get in, there's no possible way that if we passed them all that we would be able to do any of these things or do them well. And so, can you share with us? Because not every principal probably knows about how the how the sausage is made when it comes to actually us having some law and policy. How do we get from all these ideas and and kind of maybe your role also and how you help shape it? into into what we end up having to apply as as principles you know i think it's i I think it's tough to be a legislator um uh when you think about it you know running for office takes a lot of work you know you you there's a tradition that you have to door knock so you spend a summer and this summer they all will do it there's 200 201 of them that are are incumbents um you know and assume that um, there, there's a, uh, and even some people that retire, but assume that, that, um, um, you have 400 candidates that are out there. They're going to knock on everybody's door and hand a brochure and say, please vote for Brett. And, and assume that you spend the whole summer doing that. And then in November you're elected and you go down to the Capitol and you, you know, you're going to pass a K-12 bill that's going to fund schools but you'd like to talk about, you know, grades and reading and, you know, what, what should, what should student discipline be and what should the attendance policies be and how, how could we support to get more teachers of color? And, and, you know, it gets very, very frustrating for legislators a lot of times where they'd really rather be a school board member, you know, and, um, uh, and we get a lot of that, you know, um, and, and the standard really should be, are you passing a law that's going to make it better for teachers or principals, teachers and principals and, uh, to manage their schools and their classrooms? Um, and, but, but instead, um, what they really uh, want to do is they want to be part of it. You know, I mean, they want to say... How well, how long should the school year be? And, you know, what should the, what should the temperature be when we're going to call off school with the wind? You know, they, those are the things they want to do. And, and instead, you know, Jeepers, they're stuck with passing a $15 billion funding bill. You know, and, and how does the special ed funding formula work? And you just spent all summer distributing these brochures. It's a little, it gets very, very frustrating for them. Um, and, and, you know, so you get parents to come down and, and they have a bill that they want passed. And a lot of times we say, fine, you know, okay, pass that. But really, um, if you think about it on the policy piece, if there was no new policy passed in K-12 for the next five years, 
all of MESPA and, and all of MASSP and all of the superintendent, they'd be just fine. You know, why? We got plenty to do, you know, just plenty. And um, so it's, it's interesting. So, you know, we're real status quo people. I mean, we're trying to manage, um, um, provide information to say, you know, okay, um, we can talk about that, but we really, you know, this past year, um, uh, you know, we've had some kids that have died from sudden, sudden cardiac death. And so there were multiple proposals to say in the high school physicals that we administer for um, athletics, what screening should we do for cardiac anomalies? You know, I mean, um, that's a tough question. I mean, we can really screen people, but, you know, a, a big screen is about $800 a piece to do a pediatric EKG and have a pediatrician actually read the thing. You know, so I, I'd say that, that education has been a frustration, you know, for a lot of people uh, that get elected down there for things that they want to do. The discipline right now, that's a, that's a big issue. Um, but I think it's a big issue because there's a lack of clarity you know, as to uh, what should the rules be, what should the interventions be, and there's a lot of other issues in that. So it, it, it's an interesting, um, it's a really interesting process, you know, as you, as you step through it. And then you got all of the labor management pieces on it as well. What should the Tenure Act be? And I have to tell you, in my career, we used to say you had to do three. First of all, when I started out, the um, um, teachers did two years uh, probationary period, not three. And that was amended in the, um, in the eighties to be three years. Um, and then a year was any part of a year. And then a year was at least 30 days. And then it was 60 days and now it's 120 days. And, you know, um, but if you get, um, uh, activated in the national guard, we're not going to count that, you know, I mean, they're looking for stuff that they can pass. And, and, um, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of them would feel better, um, in a lot of these issues, working with the stuff that the local school board works on. Um, but, you know, it's a bigger deal to be at the Capitol and, and legislators, so they tend to, to kind of gravitate towards that. But it's tough work for them. You know, it just is tough. And, well, and those people are, are kind of like educators. They didn't choose to be a state rep or a senator for the money. <laughs> and and I, 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 I don't see that being the reward. So it, it has to be that that representation matters. And... Um, but after kind of getting to go to the Capitol and watch it happen, and thank you, by the way, for inviting us and, and, yeah, and being able to have you on us, yeah. uh, is, um, and I'm sad that we didn't get to do it this spring, obviously, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it is to see how, how many people are there trying to passionately get their, their ideas put into paper and then put into law and then convince other people to do it. But in your humble opinion and your experience, you know, how many of our, our representatives and, and senators are really getting a lot of, of laws passed or their language when there's that many people representing that many, I mean, so many pockets of our state is what's the reality and the reward? I mean, cause you know, I'm sure everyone goes and I want to pass everything I, I present and, and then the reality kicks in. Well, um, I think you start out from, from a point of view that it's hard to pass a bill. And that's a good thing. It should be hard. Um, that that ensures that you get stuff that gets pretty well vetted. And and so um, what legislators learn real often is, 
working with other people. What a shock, you know, but, um, uh, and so, um, people that are good at working with other people, they're highly successful down there. You know, I mean, um, uh, I, I think people that come from the outside, um, down there to watch a lot of times don't understand that, um, legislators like one another and they set up their own little friendships. And so, you know, um, you and I have always worked together and, and, uh, you know, um, um, there's something in your committee. Um, uh, I just say, Hey, can I get this, you know, just put in a, in some language here. I just need to have this and sure. Yeah. And then later when you need something, you come and talk to me, your thing goes in. A lot of times you don't even know who this was introduced for. I mean, you just don't know. And uh, so um, uh, in terms of making the big splash about I introduced five bills and my five were passed, um, the process doesn't work that way. I mean, it's a big, everyone getting their language in or helping someone else have the limelight and getting their language in. And um, um, I, I think there's a lot of success on that. Um, it can be frustrating to be in the minority for a long time, uh, but frankly, uh, people that are in the minority and that are good at that really learn the importance of, um, um, okay, what do I need to do to get my stuff passed? And if I don't like being treated this way when I'm in the minority, when I'm in the majority, I'm not going to treat people this way. I'm going to treat them, you know, better and we'll, 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 do some good stuff together. So it's, it's very interesting. Uh, and now with the, with the internet, which is, a um, you know, not modern anymore, right. they're all talking to one another, you know, in groups online all the time. And of course, now they've learned zoom. <laughs> they're doing that. You know, um, uh, when I started, there were four telephones on the Senate floor and you had to be pretty important to have a phone on the Senate floor. And if you were a lobbyist and you got a call from the Senate floor from one of those four phones, that was a big deal. There were little phone booths in the back of the Senate. You know, now you can send a text message into a member when a bill's up. Right. And which we do <laughs> from time to time, you know, so it, it, it is interesting, but boy, I think the, the members, um, um, it's easy to say, you know, this one's crazy or, um, that, but I really have a lot of respect for anybody who's willing to do it because it's a lot of work and, um, um, there, there's a lot of good reward on it, but man, it's tough. And so I think one of the bad things about it is that because they meet so long that it really, um, makes it not possible for a lot of people to, to participate in the citizen legislature. You know, that's unfortunate, but that's the modern modern deal that ain't going to change you know so it's interesting you were you were mentioning about having relationships and that's how a lot of things get done is hey you know people are developing friendships and relationships and i can tell you from the time i testified and from the times i've done tours is as you walk those hallways roger people are like oh hey roger and or you're like hey i just need to talk to this person real quick and and i noticed that you're having these micro interactions that are minutes long but it's a quick handshake although that might be different now but but you're you're having these conversations so uh before i talk about how you got to become a lobbyist talk a little bit about how you utilize that 
that sh those short windows of time because it's not like you can take everyone out to dinner uh, and go, hey, can I get three hours of your time today? You're, you're really doing these, these, small, these small meetings. Talk about a little bit of how that works or how, how that works for you. You know, it's, it's being present. It's being there, you know, and, and um, um, it's spending a lot of downtime. Um, uh, I, I should make a list of um, how many education committee chairs that, that I've been through. Um, you know, on both sides of the aisle, uh, it's been a bunch. Um, and, um, it, you know, you need to, your reputation is everything, uh, down there in terms of, of being helpful, of being accurate, uh, you know, of, um, um, being responsive and, um, um, and it is a relationship, you know, uh, driven place. And I have really good collegial friends with the lobbyists that I work with. I mean, we talk all the time and, um, and we're friends and, uh, and we socialize together and we know what our kids are doing, um, you know, and, and we cover for one another. And, um, so that really makes, that makes a big difference too. And, um, you know, and you gotta know how the stuff works. I mean, yeah. it, it takes a while. You can't just, it takes a while to figure the place out. I have to say, I really, uh, um, uh, I'd hate to be starting at square one again. <laughs> well, so so talk, talk about how did you go from Roger Aronson, attorney at law, to Roger Aronson, who also happens to be a very successful lobbyist for, for the principals? I mean, because when we talk about who represents us, your name. You no, know, everything's serendipitous. And um um, um, my first connection to, um, principling, um, when I was in high school, I was on the, um, um, executive committee for the state student council association. Um, and, uh, um, they ran a student leadership workshop, um, down at St. Olaf college. There were two one week long student council camps kind of before, um, camps were crazy. I mean, this was long, long time ago. Um, and, and the staff, um, were teachers and principals. I don't know if they had a staff, eight, nine people. And, uh, and then there were two of us that weren't teachers or principals. It was me and, and, um, Mark Scherenbrock and a lot of people know Mark. Um, and, um, uh, Mark and I, uh, Mark graduated from St. Cloud Tech. Um, but we were down, down there, um, every summer when we were, um, in college, we'd go down for two weeks. And then I continued to go, even when I was in law school, um, that I worked with those people for a long time and, and, um, you know, just got to know an awful lot of people. Uh, and it was kind of funny I, when I was starting to practice law, the secondary principals were going through a change with their lawyer, um, and they knew me. Um, and so they, they, you know, Phil Tenney was the exec at the time. Phil passed away a couple of years ago, but Phil said, um, uh, we think you could do this. And, and so, I mean, it was him taking a chance on me and, uh, those were some real learning years and talking to, uh, making friends with a lot of the, um, lawyers in the school law community and really trying to figure out how all this stuff worked and, um, uh, you know, I was in a small firm and then I went out on my own and then I was in another, uh, another small firm for a while. And then I've been on my own again for, for several years, but, um, but it was serendipitous of being on that student council board and being at that 
workshop, otherwise I, I wouldn't be doing this. Um, my mother um, was, um, uh, grew up in Hibbing. Uh, she actually grew up in a little town that I, I was, where when we were born, um, I was living in called Kelly Lake, which is a little tiny, tiny town outside of, of Hibbing. And um, uh, big train station there for the mines. My grandfather was a conductor for the Great Northern. Um, well, all of the little, uh, the bus stops on the way into Hibbing were um, the Kerr location, Latonia, Carson Lake, Kelly Lake, and um, uh, Rudy Perpich was from Carson Lake. And my mother and Rudy graduated from high school together. And so when Rudy was Lieutenant Governor and was governor, you know, there was kind of this presumption that, um, and my stepfather was his press secretary, there was kind of some presumption that I might know something about politics. And so I got sent off to do that as well. So I just kind of got dropped off at the Capitol with a note and this assumption that I could do these things. And, uh, um, you know, and do you think about um, um, how many times as principals, you say to somebody, to a teacher, you should think about being a principal. You'd be good at this, mm-hmm. you know? And, and uh, I think that was my experience as well. You know, I mean, somebody that was a senior person that said, we think he could do this. And, um, you know, so, so there I was, how about that? You know, because you were open to that as well. Yeah. Well, you know, um, uh, I'll tell you what, I've had a lot of, of, um, good people that I've worked with, you know, that have done an awful lot of things for me through the years. And, um, um, you know, and, and, Maybe when you're younger, you're a little more aggressive and, and you might um, um, be more critical or this or that or the other thing. And, and I think I had some of that too. One of the things that interests me now every once in a while, and I'm sure you see some folks too, but we'll have a principal who's like one or two years out and, oh God, they're so smart. They know so much. And, you know, their superintendent is so dumb. And, you know, the superintendent is telling me this and this and this. And I'm usually listening to that thinking, you know, you're going to be really good someday when you combine some judgment with all of this smart stuff. Experience <laughs> the best teacher, and, and unfortunately, oh my. The experiences are the ones. <laughs> I watched a stupid movie, um, and you know now everybody's we're watching all these movies, and um, um, this woman was a was like an astronaut or something, and and the her supervisor said, you know, you're a really good pilot but you're not a leader and um and and he said because you've never screwed up you've always made everything you did you've never had to make that decision where it just was a lose lose call and when you do that that's when you're going to really be a leader i was thinking man that that ought to be in an admin class you know, I mean, it's, it's easy to give everybody a raise and to give them, you know, a perfect score on the evaluation. The tough one is when you have to go talk to somebody and say, I'm non-renewing you, you know, um, this is just isn't working out. I mean, that's the, t- and it is interesting, but I think I had a lot of that kind of training and, you know, and now we work with a lot of people on that to help them with that, you know, I mean, and it's fun. People are good. You know, people are good. You know, you, you work with Dave Adney as well. And yeah. uh, Dave, Dave was a mentor of mine as I oh, was cool. teacher working my way towards the principal role. And, you know, besides him being just very well read, the guy consumes books and is, is really a, someone who shares that. 
he he said to me, and it's always stuck with me, is he said, Brett, you're only as good as your last decision. And so <laughs> when you make the good one, ride it, because pretty soon you're going to walk around the corner and someone's going to be unhappy with the decision you made, and then you're right back to you're not your persona non grata. So get get ready for that if you want to be a leader. You know, the other thing, too, about being a leader, um, I, I honestly think people are amazed when they discover how small the K-12 administrative community is in Minnesota. Everybody knows everybody, you know, <clears throat> and, um, um, you know, you think about, um, if, um, if Brett's out looking for a job, there is, um, uh, and there might be 50 applicants for a job or, you know, that that's open, but if it's you and, and, you know, you built up the, the, um, people that you know in Minnesota, suddenly it just all works, you know, how that, that happens. And, uh, it's, it's quite the community. Um, it's fun to see, you know, and, um, um, and it's different. Um, you meet with a group of principals, you, you can tell, and I, I don't mean this in any disparaging way at all, but it's very, very different than dealing with the, um, um, with the teachers, very different than with the activities directors, you know, um, and frankly, principals are very different than the superintendents. I mean, I, I do, um, I think with the principals that there is, I, I, you know, I'd be interested in your thought on this, but I, I just don't see a lot of competition among you. Hmm. You know, I really do see everybody pulling on the same oar. You know, when when you when you're at institute, and we do the little sound, uh, little short eight minute bites on the stage, everybody in the room's rooting for everybody that's up there to succeed. Yeah, think about that professionally. I mean, what a different, um, what a different deal. You know, and and how neat that is. And uh, um, it's a fun group to really be part of. Well, yeah. Rob, will you say it to us? I mean, how many principals are there in Minnesota? I think you know the number. Yeah, 2,000. Yeah, total. So there are bottom principals, assistant principals. Yep. Right? So you say there aren't enough of you out there. You're like, if anything bad happens to an attorney, everyone goes, yeah. there a dime <laughs> Nobody cares. Right? Yeah. So we're held in a high standard. And, and so it, we're always being under a microscope. And I think that is actually something that bonds a group of leaders together because yeah. no one knows that experience like a fellow principal. And, you know, it's interesting when you talk about superintendents, you talk about teachers, is I always look at it like the principals are the sandwich. You know, we're, we're holding the top with the superintendent here. We've got the bottom with our teachers and our families. Yeah. And, and we're in that in between. And we're trying to make sure that everyone's getting what they need in that. In, in that. And it's a... Uh, um, it, it, it really requires a special set of skills. Well, and, you know, and, and you know this, um, and everybody knows this, but it's just good to remember it. And that's, there's nothing teachers like better than having a good principal. And there's nothing that principals like better than having a good superintendent. Yeah. You know, I mean, it just, it works so well when that, when that's happening. And, um, yesterday, David Law was testifying at the Senate and, um, uh, David's just such a great representative to have. Um, I was on a phone call yesterday with the St. Paul Principals Executive Committee and uh, Joe Gothard. Um, uh, you know, I, I'm doing some work um, with um, someone I've known for a long time, Karsten Anderson, um, who's in Red Wing. And, you know, um, uh, another lawyer was telling me about some 
some really neat stuff that Karsten's done for, for his principals. You know, it just, um, uh, it matters so much having a, having a good superintendent. That being said, um, I am never, uh, uh, people that go into be associate superintendents or go to be superintendents, um, they need to do that with their eyes open because people that have done that, it's not like getting promoted. It's going to a different career. And, um, you know, it's different colleagues, it's different supervision, you're not dealing with kids, you're not dealing with parents, you know, um, and, and it is interesting um, how many people want to come back, you know, that I've heard once they've, they've gone out to, everybody wants to, you know, because you guys all, you like to think you're moving up and all that sort of stuff, but sometimes uh, it's good just to look around and say, I, I, actually, I'm here. I don't need to be moving up. Yeah. You know, so, so Roger, this, this time is already flying by. So I, I just have to ask you, because no as, as we talk about your family and, and, you know, people know you as an attorney, but you also have uh, other, other passions. And I just got to ask, what are the things that you enjoy doing and besides the grandkids? Because I know while you have one and the other one, you're going to see sometime soon when all this, when all this COVID thing settles down is uh, what do you enjoy doing outside of, of working, of lobbying, of like when you can- well, and I love to travel. Um, uh, we went to um, uh, Croatia last September. Um, she just picked it. Uh, and to go somewhere else, we went to split Croatia for a week. Um, we travel on our own. We don't go with a group or anything like that. Um, pick a hotel on TripAdvisor. And, um, um, and that, and by the way, uh, Highly recommend Split um, for anyone that wants to go there. But uh, we went to Venice the year before. We've been to Florence a few times. You know, London. Um, we have a lake home up by Detroit Lakes. We love being up there. Uh, we just absolutely love being up there. And, and uh, in fact, we have side-by-side lake homes up there. And, and um, it's a long story about that. But we do a lot of that. And, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, before you and I were talking, I went for a... a hour and a half walk with her today and um uh we spend our time together uh we went to um um uh, napa valley for a long weekend um in october and uh, it was our 10th wedding anniversary which is pretty cool um so we like to drink a little glass of wine too hey that's it that's a good way to relax at the, especially at the end of a good day and especially in napa valley now that's uh yeah, and if nothing if i got nothing else then i just call and torture john a little bit you know? <laughs> well and that's and, and miller hagen now the two of you are you're like brothers you're like a, a stand-up comedy duo that you can name what you are at different times and that talk about how just a couple of months apart too that's the kind of fun part so yeah yeah and you know he's a cobber and um but yeah we we uh, uh John's just a joy to just a joy to work with. We just have a lot of fun. We do have a lot of fun, and I give him a bad time, um, um, but he's a very good sport about it. And uh, yeah, and and uh, um, I think that that he's the right guy, you know, uh, to be the executive director of the association. I just I really do. He's he's good at it. And, and I think we're lucky to have him. It's uh, I, I absolutely think so. I know he, I, I can kind of count on, he won't be watching this because uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> he has planted that part out. Yeah. No, he's trying. Oh, I, 
he kind of snow me and he tells me how much he loves the podcast. So let's see if he's listening. John, we're going to see if you're going to send us a text. But uh, uh, hey, and then and that, and that last piece, you know, is, is yeah. you and John say it to us. And I think for our principals to just hear it is that we can, if we're ever in need, there's you, but we can also talk to John about any situation and the two of oh, you yeah. have that, that relationship to, to represent all of our principals professionally too. Absolutely. That's one of the, um, the best way to get a hold of me that the best way, you know, is to text me and, um, uh, you know, cause wherever you are, you know, you can read the, I mean, the emails, you'd be amazed. I mean, I get 250 emails a day, um, from the council on school attorneys. Um, um, but just best to, to text me and, and, um, uh, you know, we were, um, particularly with the, um, um, distance learning and the other issues that are surrounding stuff, we're trying to really stay on top of getting back to people with stuff that they need um, uh, because stuff is immediate and uh, people need to know. So yeah, we're, we're really trying to do our best on that. Well, we, we appreciate everything you do for us, Roger. And, uh, and and I really thank you for taking time to be on the podcast and making it happen. And uh, um, now you're, you're not a Twitter guy, right? You know, I have a Twitter account. I got a, I got to work it a little bit. I, I've kind of fell behind, but it's a lot, you know, it's a lot. Um, uh, the, um, um, it's, it, I'll have to get back and do a little bit more of that. I really am thinking, you know, and I've talked to John about this a little bit today though, that, um, um, what might we be doing differently relative to, um, legal seminars in the fall? Um, and if we're going to do that, we're not going to do them, in a zoom format like this, we're going to need a better camera. We're going to need some, um, uh, display boards, you know, that I can work with while we're working with people and, and thinking about that now. I mean, I think there's going to be some good changes. Um, uh, you know, we're still, we, we may do these where we have, um, um, 30 people in the room, but, but we may have 30 people participating, um, on, uh, electronically as well. So we're going to do a lot of different stuff. I think it's going to be going to be pretty good. I have one of the when God looked down on us when um, uh, the stay-at-home stuff didn't start until after Institute, right? You know, I mean, just looked down on us on that. Um, uh, you know, I also do work with the state high school league, and you know, they had to cancel the boys' basketball tournament. Um, they had to cancel half the girls' basketball tournament. Uh, the economic impact of of um, those events are just they're huge. Uh, relative to the league's overall budget, you know, it's one of the things, you know, uh, MESPA has a um, a fund balance, you know, that kind of stuff to to reserves to protect against some of this stuff. And um, we're going to do well. I I think we're going to actually be better. Um, uh, There are some organizations that will not survive this, you know, and MESPA is going to come out even better, I think, on the other end. And you know, it's because it is such a great organization. It is. It's an organization that gives back. The members go in, and it it, it continue. It's a reciprocal relationship that I I I love, and I love being part of MESPA, and and we're really grateful for you. Me too. So everyone, <laughs> we just want to say thanks for uh, for thanks, listening Jack. to the podcast today, Roger. Thank you for being here, and everyone. Right. We'll do it again. Please Take care. Have a great night. Hear this podcast out, everyone, and uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to this episode of MESPA Principal Cast. 
For more information about the Minnesota Elementary School Principals Association, visit MESPA.net.